Hello, and welcome to Unabridged, the weekly podcast where teachers take on books. This is Sarah. Join us for bookish episodes and a monthly book club pick. This is Ashley. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Unabridged Pod, or go to our website, unabridgedpod.com, where the books we read are linked for purchase. This is Jen. Check out our Teachers Pay Teachers store, our Patreon page, and our newsletter. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to support us. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hi, and welcome to episode 145 of Unabridged. This is one of our famous Lit Chat <laughs> Game episodes where we play this really fun slash torturous game. From I want to say Riot. you're using the word famous very liberally there. <laughs> famous among the three of us. Okay. <laughs> So before we get started, I just want to remind everyone that we are constantly putting new content into our Patreon page. We have some really fun episodes that we're putting out every month. These are bonus episodes. You can only get them on Patreon. And we have some book talks and materials for teachers. So if you haven't, check that out. It's at patreon.com slash unabridgedpod. All right. To start off our episode, we are going to do our bookish check-in. Sarah, what are you reading today? So I am, so just literally just getting started on E.B. Zaboy and Yusuf Salam's Punching the Air. I was so excited to, I pre-ordered this book. I was so excited to get it. I love E.B. Zaboy. I loved American Street and I really enjoyed Pride. So I was super excited for this new release. It just came in the mail not very long ago, and I have read just a bit of it, but a little bit about it is that Yusef Salem is a prison reform activist, and this story is a story in verse. It is about um, a 16-year-old who is imprisoned for something that he did not commit, and like I said, I have not gotten too far in it, but so far, I, I mean, I think... E.B. Zaboy has a gift, uh, such a, a wonderful gift of writing, and it is so captivating. And I love novels and verse. And where I cur- currently am in my reading life, it is a novel and verse is perfect for it. So I'm really excited to finish it and read and just kind of explore these characters. But I haven't read too much, so that's all I can kind of give you right now. But so far, I am loving it. So that is Punching the Air by E.B. Zaboy and Yusef Salem. And you can, and actually we are going to do this for a buddy read coming up. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Yeah. I cannot wait to read that. It's going to be our book club book too. Yes. So we'll yes. Have an I episode. forgot it was going to be du- like double dipping. To- <laughs> yeah. So we'll have an episode and you can join us for the buddy read. So we do those on Instagram if you want to join us. All right, Ashley, what are you reading? So I actually just recently finished this one, but this is Jennifer DeLeon's Don't Ask Me Where I'm From. And I got this one on NetGalley. It came out, I think, in August. And yeah, mid-August. And so it's a new release. And it's a really powerful story. Lily is the main character, Liliana, and she gets an opportunity to go to a really exclusive school and ha- she, so she's coming from a public school background. She has an opportunity to join this program that's going to let her be in this other school. And that she has all these opportunities through doing it, but then she's leaving her community and trying something new. 
And so she has some trepidation about that and she's navigating that, that situation. And also there is a whole story happening with her dad and what's going on with him. And so I don't want to give any spoilers, but there's a lot going on there. And she discovers a lot of truths about her family that she did not know. And that is a heavy burden for her to bear. And so she is just navigating how to support her mom. She has two younger brothers that she is close to who are also navigating these family dynamics that are complex. And so there's just a lot happening there. And I, I really loved this story. I felt like, I think that, that, through Lily, we see a lot of the struggles to fit in in a community. She feels both rejected in some ways by the other kids in the program that she's in. They have a lot of reluctance at kind of accepting her when she first arrives. And also the kids who are in sort of the, <clears throat> excuse me, who are in sort of the main population. She has some concern there. And so, you know, she's just got a lot of things that she's navigating and it also deals a lot with with people's biases toward other people and I really love kind of where the story goes so I think that it is well worth a read and I think that it explores as the title suggests you know Lily is born in America but her family is Latinx and so she is constantly, you know, she has these feelings about wanting people to not make assumptions about her based on what they see or hear. And so I just think the story is really rich and comes around to some pretty great ideas about navigating community and how we can have empathy for each other and understand each other. And so I really appreciated that part. So that's Jennifer DeLeon's Don't Ask Me Where I'm From. And it was a great YA read. I would like to read that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds really good. What about you, Jen? What are you reading? So I have just started Helen McDonald's Vesper Flights. And so I am back in the classroom teaching at a school that has an environmental focus. And I realized that I have not read tons of environmental or nature books recently. And so that has sent me on Google like looking for lists of books that I need to read so that I can share them with students. But this is actually a new release. So Helen McDonald wrote H's for Hawk, which I just loved. That is a memoir about her journey training a goshawk. And I know that sounds like a bizarre topic, but it was really, really lovely. And so when I saw that she had an essay collection coming out, I was quite excited. So I I checked this one out from the e-library and it is just a series of essays where she is considering the ways that nature has been sort of an anchor for her. And when things have happened to it, like there's a meadow that she really loves that someone just mows down killing the entire ecosystem. And so she's just writing both about what she cherishes cherishes about nature and also what happens when other people don't respect it in the same way that she does. There's one chapter or one essay about seeing a wild boar for the first time and what's that what that's like. So there are some that are quite short, there are some that are longer, but she is just a beautiful writer. And the topic is feeling quite relevant to my life right now. So that is Helen McDonald's Vesper Flights. That sounds great. Yeah, it's really beautiful. 
All right. Well, we are going to let you just enjoy the drama <laughs> that is the Lit Chat game now. We are going to play Book Riot's Lit Chat game. Lit Chat is a series of conversation starters about books. So these questions will be off the cuff and very quick. All right, ladies. Question number one. <laughs> dun, were dun, you dun. ever <laughs> were you ever read to as a child? Is there a book you remember reading with someone? I was read to as a child. My mom instilled in me a love of books and she read to me all the time. My dad also would read to me, but my mom read to us so much. We memorized the books and then my dad would try to skip pages Uh. and (laughs) we'd say, no dad, that's not how it goes. So I did have, we did read, um, I was going to talk about two things. Number one was the Berenstain bear books. We read all of those. Mm -hmm. We had stacks and stacks of those that we read. And then the other one that I always checked out of the library was Tea Time for Francis. And you can get the oh, Francis yeah. books now. It's, I think, I'm not exactly sure what animal. She's Francis, a badger. A badger. Oh, badger. Right? Okay. So mm-hmm. a badger, but you can still get them, but I couldn't find Tea Time for Francis oh. on Amazon. So I don't know if it's out of print huh. because they're kind of older, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, but I checked that out of the library all the time, and my mom read it to me as many times as I wanted. I just need to say from the parents' side that those books are long. The, yeah. Which one? The Francis books. Oh, yes. Well, sorry, the Berenstain Bear one. That's yeah. true. We, we read both in my house, but the Francis ones, we have like the peanut butter and jam. Mm-hmm. You know, she only likes the jam. Yes. It has a long, it feels long. From the reader <laughs> side, it feels long. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I like those. Ashley, how about you? So I remember, I mean, everybody, I, I would say my family was into reading. My sister is four years older than me and she was an avid reader when we were growing up. So I, my, I mean, definitely people were reading around me, read to me. And one thing that I remember really clearly is my dad reading Watership Down Mm. to me when I was a kid. So yeah. So Sarah, you saying that you guys memorized the books. Mm -hmm. So my story (laughs) is that I had memorized the books that my parents read to me and then I would try to read them but I wasn't sure where the page breaks were always. So I'd be reading along and then it'd say, silly me, I forgot to turn the page. And then I would turn the page to read it. But yes, so I was really close with my dad's parents, um, in particular, my grandma, my Beulah Bee. And they subscribed to the Dr. Seuss books for me. And so those would come in the mail. But the first one they bought me was, Are You My Mother? And the first time they read it to me, they were so excited to read it to me that they called us on the phone and read it to me over the phone. And they just, my grandfather thought it was hilarious. So he was like laughing as he read it to me over the phone. And then when they brought it to me and I could finally see the illustrations that made a big difference. And there's a part, so that's this little bird who's traveling around. It's fallen out of its nest and it's trying to find its mom. So it goes to a cow and it goes to, and then it goes up to this big, some kind of construction equipment. And it says, are you my mother? No, you're a snort. And when we would go visit my grandma, there was a construction site on the way. And so I'd always say, it's the snort. It's the snort. <laughs> so, so that's, yeah, that's one of my favorites. <laughs> I will say we have that one in my house. And that was when we started reading that with my oldest child, she was quite young. She was probably 18 months, maybe two that she that was like my first indicator that she's a really sensitive mm, kid yeah. because she did not like it because the the bird was very clearly distressed right and you could see that the bird was frantic to Aww. find the mom and she still i mean still she finds that book quite troubling uh-huh. so my younger 
um, child will like want to read it. And she'll, I mean, she likes the story because it works out okay. And so she likes the sweet part at the end. But every time she has this, you know, especially there's one page where the illustration, the bird is very, (laughs) the poor little bird, is very clearly distressed. And, you know, kids can tell that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's interesting. interesting. There was a page in the Llama Llama Red Pajama book that where the mom wailing for, oh, yeah, the run, run, run. And my, Mm -hmm. and my son would just... He had all these questions. Why, did, why does uh-huh. Mama Llama look like that? What's mm-hmm. wrong with the baby? The, he didn't like that either. So that was, my my that was another one my child doesn't like. Favorite book. And my younger son liked it fine, but he did not. Like, my husband did a killer dramatic reading of Llama Llama Red Pajama. <laughs> Maybe he could be a guest on the pod. <laughs> yes. We should have him do it. <laughs> but um, my one of my good friends, had, her son did not like the page where Mama scolds uh-huh. Llama Llama mm-hmm. at all. So uh-huh. she said we couldn't. Yeah, she had yep. to put it away because he would get very distressed. That's funny because both of those, mm-hmm. my oldest child does not like at all. But yeah. I mean, it's we still have read them several yeah. times. So clearly there is some interest there. Or we wouldn't have read them right. enough times, but every time there's some some trepidation about it's very interesting. Yeah, about that. And I mean I can see yeah, the llama llama. I mean it's cute and I mm-hmm. I like the flow, yeah. you yeah, know, of it. For the read. reader, it's it's fun to and read. They're but, than and they're uh-huh. shorter. Which my daughter is also very <laughs> aware of. Like the other day she had brought a library book home. She brought home the snowy day. Oh which yes. is such a great story. And and she had really been wanting to check it out and I think other people had had it and so she was really excited to bring it home. And then last night I said, Don't you want to read the snowy day and she said i don't think so mom and i said are you not liking it and she said it's very short <laughs> <laughs> so i feel like she's always calculating yeah. how long the books are and that's what the berenstein bear stuff sarah we we re- read a lot of those and i still have those copies at my house and we mm-hmm. read them still that's great all right we're going to do one more okay. one more question this one is do you finish every book you start what makes you stop reading a book hmm. i do not finish every book mm-hmm. I start. I will say that since we started the podcast, I do tend to finish more books mm-hmm. than I start that more books than I used to because I feel like anytime I've invested in reading a book, I need to gain mm-hmm. that book in my repertoire to be able to talk about and make pairings and stuff. So, I do finish more and I also <laughs> think I read more intentionally now. Mm-hmm. So, I I'm a way more apt to read things that you all recommend mm-hmm, or that I yeah. read about and that have really good ratings and things like yeah. that. So I think I read less crappy books <laughs> for lack of a better term. But um, I used to, before we had the podcast and before I was just really reading a lot about books and reading and listening to podcasts and stuff, I would I would start a book, read a couple chapters and be like, nope next one mm-hmm. because and I used to tell it to my students if a book's not working for you put yeah. it away find something else because yeah. it's, life's too short so yeah. I mean I think I still subscribe to that somewhat but now being in like the bookish mm-hmm. I guess industry and having yeah. more access to books and things like that I I don't I don't abandon ship as much as I used to mm-hmm. but I used to do it all the time yeah Ashley how about you yeah I would say my style for that has changed over time too and I, these days, it's very rare for me to abandon a book. I think that for one thing, I'm, I'm, I always talk about how I'm very goal-driven. Goal so once I've started a book, I am determined to count that toward my total. But I'm only going to do that if I read the whole thing. Right. So I think I get hung up on that. Uh-huh. And since I started doing Goodreads, which I started around 2013, I think, once I started on Goodreads, if I have marked a book, and these days I don't usually mark them as in progress. Well, actually... That's another thing that comes and goes. Right now, I'm trying very hard to, as soon as I, like right now, 
as soon as I started a book, I try to make sure I mark it. But it used, you know, for quite a while now, the last several years, I always try to mark when I finish them to keep track, but I don't mark them as I'm reading them. But anyway, the point is, once I've marked it on there, I am bound and determined mm-hmm. to finish the book because it's really hard for me to let go of it once I've said I'm reading it, which is weird. But I sometimes I wish that there was a thing that just where you could just mark it, did not finish, yeah. so that I can just get it off that currently reading list. But I mean, I will, you, you ladies have experienced this with me. I will sit on a book for months because I am determined to finish mm-hmm. it, but can't bring myself to finish it. So then I'm just like nursing it along at this really painful rate for a very long time. So actually one of my, one of my things for myself lately has been that I really need to learn to let them go mm-hmm. and just say, I'm not going to finish this book and move on because yeah. I mean, exactly what you said, Sarah. And I've, I always said that to students, but I've, I've realized that I am not good about doing it mm-hmm. and just, just saying it's okay. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. not a good fit for me right now or whatever. But then I agree with you also, Sarah, that these days m- what I am reading is pretty carefully curated yeah. prior mm-hmm. to picking it up. So it is rare that I'm experiencing something that I am I'm really hating. It's mm-hmm. just sometimes like the pace is off yeah. or something like that and I should let it go, but I just leave it on my night shelf. Yeah. Well, and I'll say too, sometimes I'm not in the mental space to Mm -hmm. read a book that I, that I can clearly see is a a phenomenal book, but I'm not in the mental space. So I will stop it and put it away for later. But Mm -hmm. it's rare that I, these days that I just totally abandon a book altogether. Yeah. What about you, Jen? So I first fully endorse abandoning (laughs) books. And I think it is the right thing to do if you are not enjoying a book. I personally have a really hard time doing it and I have to talk myself into it and it hasn't happened very often for a long time I would say I knew exactly which two books I hadn't finished in my entire life and then okay now everybody not that precise and I was gonna say and now everybody definitely wants to know what those two books are (laughs) and I'm not going to say them because that would not be fair but one of them was one I started in high school and I just was not it was a really challenging book in a lot of ways and I was not ready to read it and then I came back to it later and loved it the other one was just not a good book but um I have... Still curious. <laughs> I so have, is everybody else know, listening. Right? <laughs> You'll just all have to stay on the edge of your seats. So I have started abandoning books more. I will say, so I read pretty fast. And so I can usually just power through a book I'm not loving pretty quickly. And usually the ones I abandon are ones that I can tell are just going to take me a long time for whatever reason. And so then I'm like, well, if I can't power through it and I'm not enjoying it, And sometimes like library due dates, if I can see, if I've started it, I can see it's going to take me a really long time. I I don't like to miss library due dates. So sometimes I'll stop those and then check them out again later or not. But yeah, so I do believe in it and sometimes it happens, but it's still pretty rare for me. And again, self-selection I think is a big part of that. I mean, I do a lot of reading about books and so I have a pretty good sense. And I'm also quite a, like I like most, most genres and so yeah, most books I'm going to like if I pick them up, but every once in a while there's one, like there was one by an author. I loved her first book and I picked it up and man, I could not get through it. And it really made me sad because I wanted to have read it, but I did not want to read it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. All right. Well, that is always a barrel of laughs. <laughs> All right, before we leave, we are going to end with our give me one. And today's give me one topic. Sarah's laughing at me probably because I said barrel of laughs. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I was say like, the least. my grandma. <laughs> to barrel of laughs, to say the least. <laughs> All right. I'm together now. Okay. 
We are going to end with our give me one. And today's topic is favorite store. So Sarah, what is, oh, I started with you first in the check-in. That's okay. okay. You can go first twice. Okay. Be that person. What's your favorite store, Sarah? I, I like to shop, but, but uh, what I've noticed as I've gotten older is I do not enjoy shopping like on foot. I prefer to shop online. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I can tell you, Folks, quarantine has done nothing to to increase my love of shopping on foot. So I have, but I really like, I think it's super important to support small businesses and local businesses and all of that. So I've really been trying to make purchases. I haven't made a ton of purchases for myself, like for clothes and accessories and things during quarantine and during, while, these, while we've been spending these days at home. But when I do... There is this shop called the Bluest Willow. It is an independently owned shop. The proprietor's name is Ashley. She is in Birmingham, Alabama. And this is the reason that I kind of was drawn to this shop is Ashley is very conscious of being super inclusive in sizing. So I am super tall, like I'm big bones, like I've I am never going to fit in a size two or zero. And I like seeing my size represented in clothing. And I find that like in mainstream stores, a lot of times my, I'm not represented. And what I really love about Ashley and what she does at the Bluest Willow is that she provides inclusive sizing her mo- the models and the clothes, like on the pictures in the website, they are anywhere from size zero to 24. Like there's not just one size represented. And I really appreciate that. And, and the older that I get and being a mother to a daughter, I'm really appreciative of any person or a proprietor who's willing to show that fashion is for everyone. And if you've listened to other episodes, you know that I really enjoy fashion and that at one point in my life, my dream was to do like fashion design and all of that. That was like my dream job. And I really appreciate when people are inclusive and in sizing and clothes and because I feel like fashion is for everyone. So I love the bluest willow. I love her clothes. She has great taste. She has great accessories. I've bought several pieces. The process of purchasing and receiving is super quick and it is always on point. And I just really love this shop. So that is the bluest willow. The website is thebluestwillow.com. And I think that you will love it if you check it out. That makes me want to go shop right now. All right. (laughs) That sounds great, Sarah. Ashley, how about you? So I, if you follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen a little bit about plants. I have in the last year really started to develop a love for indoor plants. This is an area where I had a lot of baggage and thought that I was really terrible at having indoor plants. I killed a lot of them relatively early in my adulthood and and then decided that I was an epic failure at it and never wanted to mess with it again. And there is a really an online store here in Harrisonburg that is called Plant Life Indoors. And they have a great Instagram page. And that Carrie is the lady who does the store and that has totally changed my view about plants. And that's brought me a lot of happiness. My girls and I really love taking care of them. We got one several, several months ago and 
it was kind of, you know, my daughter picked it out and it was kind of big. And I thought, oh no, I'm going to kill this thing. And then <laughs> um, she just does a great job of, for one thing, I think they're really healthy. You know, she takes great care of them and really puts them in good soil and gets them in the right conditions. And then she also handwrites on her card when you buy the plant instructions about what to do with the plant. And so that has been a huge difference for me. I think that actually I just didn't have a good sense of, we didn't have plants when I was growing up. I didn't have a great sense of how that worked. And so I have really interested. So we got the one plant and things went okay. And then we've gotten several since then and, and it's been really fun. So again, that's called Plant Life Indoors and you can check out Carrie's page on Instagram and she's got a great website and it is local delivery. But if you're looking for just plant care and how to integrate plants into your life, she's got a, real, a lot of really great resources on her site. And she's celebrating one year um, now. So that's about, <laughs> she's having her one year anniversary for her store. And that's about how things have been for plants in my house. So <laughs> <laughs> we're doing some celebrating here too. Uh, what about you, Jen? What's the store for you? So what Sarah said about not wanting to shop on foot really resonated. <laughs> so I would not say I enjoy fashion. I enjoy looking halfway put together. But I I don't like looking for clothes a lot. I just want them to be there in my closet ready for me to wear that someone else has picked out. And so that is why Stitch Fix is my pick. So I will say it's a little expensive. It's a little more than I would pay because I am really cheap if I were picking out my own clothes. But inevitably what happens is I get the Stitch Fix box. So this is, you have like a designer on the website. You answer all of these questions. You put in your sizes and your preferences and the types of activities that you need to dress for, whether you need to go to a wedding or you're just looking for work clothes. And then they assign a designer to you and they send you this box and everything's wrapped up in this really lovely way. And then they have cards where they put together outfits for you. And inevitably I will open up the box and I'll look at the pieces and I'll be like, well, I'll like, like two of these. And then they all work or most of them work. And there's just something about trying something that I never would have gone in a store and picked up myself. But then when I try it on, I'm like, oh, I can wear something like that. So it's nice to kind of force myself to try it on. And then you get this great deal. If you end up keeping all five pieces in your box, you get a really good deal. So that usually makes up for the fact that maybe individual pieces are more than I would pay for. And I have found that I've worn most of those clothes that I have kept, which for me, I'm famous for like shopping and buying a bunch of stuff. And then some of it just sitting there because I can't force myself to like take the risk and wear it. But for some reason, these things I... Yeah, I'm willing to take the risk. I don't know if it's because somebody else picked it out or what it is. But yeah, so that's Stitch Fix. If you haven't checked it out, it's worth looking at. It's also really fun to just get those surprise boxes. I like I like being surprised. That's why I like subscription boxes of all sorts. So it's like I, a little gift. I've actually, I've done Stitch Fix for, I haven't, I haven't, I kind of stopped um, in the last year or so, but I did it for a long time. And that's what I found that I wore those clothes that from Stitch Fix, even though they were more expensive, mm -hmm. I found like, I found like when they sent me a box, I really thought about each piece yeah. and like, because there was an expense to it, I was like, am I going to wear this? What am I going to wear this with? And then when I did choose to keep it, 
I wore it often because I remember a lot of times like people, I would get compliments on this stuff and then people, I would be like, I got it from Stitch Fix, you know? So like, I, I totally agree. It is expensive, but like, I definitely felt like it made me think more about my purchase mm-hmm. and, rather than buying something on sale than sitting in my closet. Right. And I can tell you, I, I've talked about it. I've read The Conscious Closet um, over the, I'm, I'm still reading it, but I'm kind of reading it slowly over this year. And I feel like investing in really like expensive, but pieces that you're going to wear over and over is so much better than buying like 10 or $15 things that you're going to wear once and then you need to get rid of it. So that's just my, that's my okay. thing. That makes me feel good about my recommendation then. So yay, Stitch Fix. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. And again, just a reminder to check out our Patreon page and we will talk to you next week. Thanks. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at UnabridgedPod or on the web at UnabridgedPod.com for a list of ways to support us. We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light, and Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.